Hello, I'm Jean Setzfund from AARP. Welcome to the Learn at 50 Plus podcast series. What's next for one person is not what's next for another. Whether it's switching careers, learning how to care for a loved one, using new technology to make your life easier, or protecting yourself from frauds and scams, our podcast series can help you be ready for what's next. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this uh, part two of our webinar. It is on, of course, uh, Social Security and the questions that you need uh, to be answered. The majority of our time will be spent answering questions, demystifying Social Security retirement benefits and sharing tips to help you get the most out of Social Security. I'm joined today by Kathy Stokes, a director from AARP Programs, and Rob Clark, a Social Security expert and a 38-year veteran of the Social Security Administration, now retired. Kathy and Rob, thank you for being here. And we're trying to do a little something different uh, with part two of this webinar. Kathy, can you tell us a little bit more? Sure, Rick. During this webinar today, you can get your questions answered live by volunteer certified financial planners. We're going to be live for 30 minutes now and at 8 p.m. Eastern this evening as well. We have a message from special guest John Dauphiné. He's CEO of the Foundation for Financial Planning. Let's go ahead and hear from John Hi, about his I'm organization's mission. CEO and a little more about Certified Financial Planners. ...of the Foundation for Financial Planning. The Foundation is the nation's only nonprofit charity solely devoted to bringing pro bono financial planning and advice to underserved people who normally couldn't access it on their own. And we serve many different groups from wounded veterans and active military to domestic violence survivors, older people and caregivers, low-income families, people with serious illness, such as cancer, and many others. I'm really honored to be joined tonight by volunteer certified financial planner professionals who've come from the foundation's partners, Stratos Wealth Partners and Goldman Sachs Personal Financial Management. During tonight's events, you will have the opportunity to have your questions answered live by these volunteers. And again, they're all certified financial planners ready to help out with questions on social security and other financial topics. The certified financial planner or CFP designation really stands out for the high level of ethics, professionalism, and competency that it represents. And a fiduciary responsibility mandates that a CFP professional looks after their client's needs above their own when providing personal financial planning advice. CFP professionals must acquire several years of relevant experience and pass a rigorous exam before they're allowed to call themselves CFP professionals. So truly, you're in good hands tonight. The nation is going through very tough times and a lot of people are facing financial hardships. I hope that tonight's event helps you get your questions answered and feel more confident about your financial future. Thank you for joining us tonight. And a big thanks as well to the volunteer certified financial planners who are here to help you. Well, Kathy, can you continue with this? Many of you are concerned whether your monthly social security benefit will be affected by the pandemic. And the short answer is no. And that's coming straight from social security commissioner, Andrew Saul. Social security will continue to pay benefits. You will see no change in your regular monthly payment 
if you get it by direct deposit. And for those of you who get your monthly payment by mail or direct express debit card, you will continue to do so. We also know that there have been concerns about the safety of postal mail. And according to the US Postal Service, citing guidance from the World Health Organization, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and the US Surgeon General, there is just no evidence that COVID-19 is being spread through the mail. Unfortunately, due to the coronavirus pandemic, social security field offices are closed temporarily. So in-person assistant isn't going to be available, but you can get help online at ssa.gov or by calling social security at 1-800-772-1213. Now, given the high volume of calls during this time, you may want to pour a big cup of coffee and be, be prepared to wait for a while. And later in the webinar, we'll cover additional information about how you can still apply for Social Security benefits and how a Social Security representative can assist you during the pandemic. Another additional step that the Social Security Administration has put into place is extending deadlines for providing documents and other information. So if you were asked to contact the Social Security Administration by a specific date, do not go to any of the field offices. As I said, they are closed. Instead, you can call or you can wait to visit a local Social Security branch office when the office is reopened to the public or you can mail your documents to the Social Security Administration and they'll follow up with you once the pandemic subsides. Now, as we mentioned in part one of the webinar, if you joined us, the Social Security Administration is also applying what is known as the good cause policy. And this allows the agency to extend the time limits for submitting appeals and other actions during the pandemic. Another very significant development is the new economic stimulus law. Congress passed and the president signed the bipartisan bill with several vital measures that AARP fought very hard for. First, the Department of the Treasury has already begun sending payments of up to $1,200 to well over 100 million US households, no matter their work status, including people whose primary source of income is Social Security. Social Security retirement and disability recipients will not uh, who don't usually file a tax return will receive the $1,200 payment without having to take any action. You'll receive the check the way you receive your normal social security check, either direct deposit or by mail, or it will get loaded to your direct express debit card if that's how you currently receive your benefit. Also know that supplemental security income SSI recipients with no qualifying children will also receive the $1,200 payment and they don't need to take any action. However, SSI recipients who have qualifying children who are under the age of 17 shouldn't wait for their automatic payment. They should go to irs.gov and there's an IRS non-filers webpage there to provide their information. In doing this, they'll also receive the $500 per dependent child payment in addition to the $1,200 individual payment. If SSI recipients in this group don't provide the information to the IRS soon, it simply means that they will have to wait a little bit until they get the $500 per qualifying child. If this applies to you though, go ahead to irs.gov and refer to the information on non-filers. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Kathy. That's helpful. During the webinar, we'll focus on many of the top questions about Social Security, such as, 
what is the full retirement age for Social Security benefits? When do I get my first benefits check? What about children and spouses who receive Social Security benefits? Do the same payment dates apply? How much does early retirement reduce Social Security benefits? And what might the impact of the pandemic be on the Social Security Trust funds? And of course, much more. I also want to point out that you can access a lot of great information at AARP Social Security Resource Center. Visit aarp.org slash social security, where you'll find answers on the key factors that shape your benefits. And remember, during this webinar, you will have the opportunity to have your questions answered live by volunteer certified, volunteer certified financial planners. So be sure to take advantage of this valuable opportunity. At the bottom of your screen, you'll see a row of icons, each with a unique function. If you hover over an icon, a pop-up will appear with the name of the icon. To ask your question and get an answer from a volunteer certified financial planner, click on the Your Questions Answered panel to the right of the video panel to get started. If you don't see that, uh, the Your Questions Answered panel, click on the Q&A icon to make the panel appear. Next, click Get Started, then enter a keyword. Well, let's start with the Social Security basics. Rob, what is the full retirement age for Social Security benefits? Um, the Social Security full retirement age, uh, sometimes called normal retirement age or, or simply FRA, uh, is the age you get your full benefit. Uh, if you claim your benefit at full retirement age, you get your full benefit. If you apply to claim Social Security benefits prior to your full retirement age, Social Security reduces the amount you collect based on the number of months that you claim early. And now, full retirement age was 65, but it is increasing to age 67. And your full retirement age depends on your year of birth. Uh, full retirement age for retirement and spousal benefits is 66 for people born between 1943 and 1954. And it will gradually increase to age 67 for people born in 1960 or later. Now, full retirement age for widows and widowers benefits under the survivor program is also going up, but on a slightly different schedule. Full retirement age for survivor's benefit reaches age 67 for people born in 1962 or later. Well, thanks a lot, Rob. Well, Kathy, in part one of the webinar, we talked about how to apply for Social Security benefits. Carol asks, I recently applied for Social Security. When do I get my first benefits check? Well, Carol, that's a great question. Social Security actually pays your benefit in the month after the month that it's due. So, for example, Social Security pays the benefit for April in May. Benefits are paid on the second, third, and fourth Wednesday, depending on the day of the month that you were born. Or if you collect on your spouse's record, um, it would be on the day he or she was born. Here are some examples based on the day of the month you were born. If uh, you were born on the first through the 10th of the month, you are paid on the second Wednesday of the month. If it's the 11th through the 20th, then it's the third Wednesday. And if it's the 21st through the 31st, you're paid on the fourth Wednesday of the month. But let's say you were born on the 15th of the month and you're starting your social security this month, then you'll receive your first payment on the third Wednesday in May about uh, children and spouses who receive Social Security benefits? Do uh, the same payment dates apply to them? 
Yeah, that's a good question, Rick. There are some exceptions. For example, children and spouses who collect benefits based on someone else's work record will be paid on the same day as the primary Social Security recipient. For others, Social Security may issue payments on the third of each month for the following reasons. You filed for benefits prior to May 1st, 1997. You also receive SSI payments. Your Medicare premiums are paid by the state where you live or you live in a foreign country. Now, individuals who receive SSI payments due to disability, age, or blindness usually receive those payments on the first of each month. If your payment date falls on a federal holiday or a weekend, then you can expect to receive that monthly or that month's payment on the weekday immediately prior. And you can see a current schedule of Social Security and SSI benefit payments on a really easy to read calendar at ssa.gov, or you can just visit the resources folder uh, in this environment for more information. Well, Rob, how much does early retirement in any way affect uh, the Social Security benefits? Well, um, it depends on the year you were born and how long between when you uh, start your benefit and when you're going to reach full retirement age. Uh, retirement benefits are designed so that you get the full benefit if you wait until your full retirement age, which is 66 right now and gradually going up to 67 over the next few years. Um, but if you file before your full retirement age, Social Security reduces the monthly payment by a certain percentage, and that percentage is based on the number of months you claim early. Uh, so, for example, uh, let's say you're turning 62, uh, which is the earliest age to claim Social Security retirement benefits, uh, and you're turning 62 in 2020. And that means you were born in 1958. For you, the full retirement age is 66 years and 8 months. Uh, filing at 62 is four years and eight months before your full retirement age, and that will permanently reduce your monthly benefit by 28.3%. Um, so uh, if you would get $1,000 a month, if you waited until your full retirement age, uh, you would only get about $716 a month if you start your benefit at age 62. Uh, and that reduction is permanent. If you start early and you collect all your benefits, uh, th that reduction stays with you uh, forever. Uh, so uh, keep in mind that that benefit reduction is calculated based on months, not years. Uh, so each month you wait to claim your benefit lessens the reduction and means your benefit's going to be a little bit higher. Um, now, if you claim benefits early and continue to work, uh, do be aware that your monthly payment could be cut because of your earnings. Depends on how much money you make. Uh, that reduction is not permanent. Uh, now, you can find additional information on uh, reductions in benefits in the uh, resource uh, folder uh, there on your screen. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Rob. As a reminder, during this webinar, you'll have an opportunity to have your questions answered live by volunteered certified financial planners. Take advantage of this opportunity. At the bottom of your screen, you'll see a row of icons, each with a unique function. If you hover over an icon, a pop-up will appear with the name of the icon. 
To ask your question and get an answer from a volunteer certified financial planner, click on the Your Questions Answered panel to the right of the video panel to get started. If you don't see the Your Questions Answered panel, click on the Q&A icon to make the panel appear. Next, click Get Started and then enter a keyword. Now, Kathy, I'm sure our listeners are wondering if the pandemic will have an impact on Social Security's trust funds. Can you speak to that? Well, you know, it's not really clear what the impact will be, Rick. The Social Security trustees release a report each year on the status of Social Security's two trust funds. One pays out retirement, spousal, and survivor benefits, and the other one pays out disability benefits. Their report came out just last week, but it wasn't able to take into account any possible economic impact of the pandemic. As it stands, the trustees currently project that the combined trust funds will be exhausted in 2035, and at that time, the program will be able to pay about 79% of current benefits. But as of this week, the U.S. has shed more than 30 million jobs since the outbreak has shut down large swaths of the economy, and that means 30 million workers and their employers aren't contributing payroll taxes to support Social Security and Medicare, and others who have seen pay reductions will contribute less into the funds as well. Social Security Commissioner Andrew Saul cautioned that this year's dramatic economic slowdown could ultimately paint a more dire picture, picture for Social Security. And he said it's just not possible right now to adjust any estimates based on the impact of the pandemic since we just don't know yet what its duration is or what its severity will be. Well, thank you, Kathy, for that information. It's, of course, very concerning. I see we have a, a practical question from uh, Fatima. Kathy, she is newly married and asks, how do I change the name on my Social Security card? Well, congratulations, Fatima. Um, anyone, for anyone that changes their um, name because of marriage or divorce or for any other reason, you really need to notify the Social Security Administration so that officials there can update your file and send you a new Social Security card. You'll need to fill out a form, it's SS5, and that's the standard application for a Social Security card that you can download from the Social Security website at ssa.gov. Um, due to the pandemic, it's best to mail the form to your Social Security office along with the original documents or copies certified by the agency that issued them, proving your legal name change and your identity. You can also call Social Security, but like I said before, there's going to be a long wait time, and that's 800-772-1213. Evidence of your name change could be a marriage certificate, a divorce decree, a certificate of U.S. naturalization or a court order granting the name change. For proof of identity, you can provide an unexpired government-issued photo ID like uh, your passport, a driver's license, or a state-issued ID card. But if you don't have one of these, Social Security also might accept a school, employer, or military ID card, or even a health insurance card. You may also need to provide uh, proof of citizenship if that status isn't already reflected in your record, and acceptable documents for that can be a U.S. birth certificate, an unexpired U.S. passport, a certificate of citizenship, or a U.S. consular report of birth abroad. Now, your documents need to be original or certified copies, like I said before. For example, um, a birth certificate from the county um, you were born in or where you received your marriage license. Social Security won't accept photocopies or even notarized copies but you will get your documents back. Social Security has an interactive 
page on its website at ssa.gov with more detailed, detailed information on what you need to do to get a new card. But keep in mind, if your legal name does not match the social security record, it could prevent the agency from crediting earnings to you, or it could cause delays in processing your tax returns and nobody wants that to happen. So it makes it really important for you to notify the Social Security Administration of any name change. All right, thanks a lot, Kathy. Very important information. As a reminder, throughout this webinar, you can get answers to your questions from volunteer certified financial planners. You can ask your question and get an answer from a volunteer certified financial planner. Click on the Your Questions Answered panel to the right of the video panel to get started. If you don't see the Your Questions Answered panel, click on the Q&A icon to make the panel appear. Next, click Get Started and then enter a keyword. Okay, Rob, can children get, uh, can they get Social Security benefits? Yes, uh, the daughters and sons of retired or deceased uh, or disabled workers can, in many cases, collect Social Security benefits on that parent's uh, earnings record. Social Security includes children in its benefit structure to help retirees with younger children provide for their families. And uh, as a form of insurance, when a parent dies or can't work because of a disability, uh, right now there are about 4 million children currently receiving Social Security benefits, uh, totaling some $2.8 billion per month. Uh, a, a worker's biological child, and under certain circumstances, an adopted child or a stepchild can qualify for benefits. Uh, interestingly, grandchildren might also qualify if the grandparent has adopted them uh, or if Social Security uh, recognizes them as financially dependent upon the grandparent. Now, children's benefits usually stop when the child turns age 18, uh, with a couple of exceptions. Uh, one, if the child is still a full-time student at grade 12, high school or lower, benefits can continue until graduation or the age of 19 and two months, whichever comes first. Um, if the child is disabled and the disability began before age 22, uh, the benefits can continue into adulthood, well past age 18 and, and possibly uh, indefinitely. Uh, now, in all cases, uh, the child must be unmarried, uh, except in very limited circumstances involving disabled adults who are receiving child benefits on uh, a parent's record. Um, now, uh, children can collect up to half of the parent's full retirement age benefit if the parent is alive collecting retirement or disability then it's up to half of the parent's full benefit um, if the parent is deceased a surviving child's benefit can be up to 75 percent of the deceased parent's monthly benefit so that's under the social security program uh, i just want to mention quickly uh, that disabled children in low-income households might also qualify for supplemental security income ssi it's a program that kathy touched on earlier uh, it's a benefit program that social security administers but it's not financed by social security uh, trust funds um, currently about a million 
uh, minor children receive benefits uh, through the SSI program because they have a disabling condition. And those SSI benefits can continue again until the child turns 18. They are subject to periodic reviews. Uh, and then when the child turns 18, Social Security reviews their eligibility under the SSI rules for adults uh, to see if they can continue to get it. Um, now, going back to the Social Security benefits for children, um, I just uh, want to add there that the children's benefit payments might be reduced because of uh, a Social Security family maximum. Uh, there's a rule that caps the total amount of workers' immediate family can receive on his or her record. Uh, the maximum is more likely to come into play if multiple children or, or a spouse uh, is collecting in addition to the worker. Now, they don't reduce the benefit payable to the worker, uh, but they might reduce the benefit payable to the other family members. Rob, will uh, remarrying, will that uh, reduce a person's Social Security benefits? If we're talking about your retirement benefit, the answer is no. Uh, Social Security does not have a marriage penalty, so to speak. Uh, the monthly retirement benefit that you earned or that your prospective er spouse might have earned by working are calculated separately based on your individual earnings histories, and they don't change when you get married. It doesn't matter whether it's your first marriage, second marriage, uh, fifth marriage, whatever. Uh, but marriage can affect other kinds of Social Security benefits. If you're collecting on somebody else's Social Security record, uh, for example, if you're divorced and collecting on your ex-spouse's record, uh, then uh, if your ex-spouse is alive and you remarry, you're going to lose those benefits, uh, except in very limited circumstances. Uh, if you're collecting on a former spouse or a spouse that's deceased, uh, then it depends on your age. Uh, you could lose eligibility for survivor benefits you might otherwise collect uh, if you remarry. Uh, now you'll find more information on uh, the AARP Social Security Resource Center uh, in the survivor section and the divorce section, and that's at aarp.org slash social security. Uh, and then going back to supplemental security income again, SSI, uh, marriage or remarriage uh, always is likely to affect supplemental security uh, income payments for individuals with uh, low incomes that are on that program. Um, and, and, and the last thing I want to say there is, is keep in mind, when you're eligible for Social Security on two different records, uh, you don't get to add them together. Uh, you can't collect both your retirement benefit and a spousal benefit in full. If you qualify for two Social Security benefits, the most you can collect is the higher of the payments. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Rob. Kathy, any final information for our audiences? Yeah, Rick, I want to call everybody's attention to a scam that's on the rise due to the uh, pandemic that we're all experiencing. Uh, scammers are out there sending fraudulent letters, making phone calls, threatening suspension of Social Security benefits because the uh, closures of field offices for the Social Security Administration. So you could receive um, a letter or a robocall and it says that your payments will be suspended or discontinued unless you call a phone number that the scammer is providing to you. And if you call that number, then the scammer may try to then mislead you into providing sensitive personal information or payment to maintain regular 
Social Security benefit payments while the field offices are closed. But do not call that number and please know that Social Security will not suspend or discontinue benefits because the field offices are closed. Social Security will not suspend or decrease Social Security benefit payments due to the pandemic. Any communication that you receive that says Social Security will do so is an absolute scam, whether you receive it by letter, by text, by email, or by a phone call. Now, in some rare situations, Social Security may actually call you, but know this, the Social Security Administration is never going to threaten you. They will never suspend your Social Security number. They will never demand immediate payment. They'll never request payment by cash, by gift card, by prepaid debit card, by internet currency like Bitcoin or wire transfer. And they will never ask for gift card numbers over the phone or to wire or mail cash. You can report Social Security scams through the Social Security Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. You can also report this or any other scam um, to the AARP Fraud Watch Network Helpline, whether it's to report or if you've fallen victim to a scam, we have trained fraud fighter volunteers standing by to help you. You don't have to be a member or of a certain age. And that number is 1-877-908-3360. And you know, I just want to say, Rick, that research shows us that if you know about a specific scam, you are 80% less likely to engage in it. And if you do engage in it, you are 40 percent less likely to fall victim by you know losing money or sensitive personal information so you've just heard about a new scam tell it to everybody that you know and so they won't fall victim when it comes their way and that is excellent information thanks again kathy now as a final reminder during this webinar you will have the opportunity to have your questions answered live by volunteer certified financial planners so be sure to take advantage of this valuable opportunity before the conclusion of this webinar at 7.30 Eastern Time. Remember, our next 30-minute webinar will begin tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And at that time, you have another opportunity to have your questions answered live by a volunteer certified financial planners. Rob, any final tips for audience? Yeah, I just wanna say that uh, right now, the Social Security uh, Administration local office is suspended in person visits, but they are still there working. You just can't go sit down and visit with them in person. If you're looking for information because you're planning ahead, take a look at uh, uh, Social Security's website at ssa.gov, at the AARP uh, Resource Center for Social Security. Uh, and then once the smoke clears, uh, contact Social Security for the extra information you need. But if, if you're collecting a benefit or you need to apply to get your benefits started, uh, see what you can find online, uh, Social Security Online Services or their 800 automated services. Uh, but if you need to, uh, pick up the phone and give them a call. They are there to take care of you. As Kathy said earlier, just uh, pour the beverage of your choice, maybe get a good book. You might be on hold for a while, uh, but if you need to do business with Social Security, they are there working. All right, well, thanks a lot, Rob. Thanks for listening to the Learn at 50 Plus podcast. Be sure to check out our other podcasts from AARP that can help you get ready for what's next in your life. You can also continue learning by visiting the Learn at 50 Plus link, where you'll find webinars, interactive videos, online games, and in-person workshops in your community. Thanks again for being with us today, and I hope you'll join us again soon.